0: International Horse College's motto is People, Safety and Horse Welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's guest is Jenny Bray. Jenny's a dressage specialist, rider, trainer, competitor, coach, and she's also ridden and competed her own horse from start to Grand Prix. How are you today, Jenny? I'm good, thank you, Gladys How are you? Good, good. Jenny, I know you've listened to a few of the other interviews, but we normally start off with a favourite quote. What have you got for us? I've got probably quite a few Yep.
1: And, and I'm not even sure if I'd call them quotes. I think they're probably more mantras of of what I try and follow when I'm training and, and in life as well. Um, probably the first one is that, and we often say it around here when we're all training our horses together, is to own it. Um, and I suppose what we really mean by that is that, you know, own the mistakes that you're making, own mm-hmm. the achievements that you're making, and and own what you're actually doing at the time. Um, and I suppose coming out of that is always we say to each other, well, what, what can I learn from this? So if we've made some mistakes or our training isn't going to plan or we're not achieving what we wanted to achieve, then we're asking ourselves, well, why not and, and what can I learn out of the fact that I'm not actually achieving those anymore or at that time? So probably those two are tied in together, Mm the own it and what can I learn from this? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I like those. I like and I was going to say if you say own it, you'll learn from your mistakes but then you tie it in the what can I learn from this anyway, which is great. And I know you've got another one at least or another couple. So, yeah, keep going on. Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Um, I suppose, uh, you know, as anybody who is, and I do think that most horse riders are goal orientated. I'm saying that that doesn't mean that we're all heading for the next Olympics. It can be purely that we want to uh, uh, nail a good transition at some stage. So you really want to do something. You just you are going to find a way to achieve it. Um, And and on saying that, it does mean that you usually will have to make some sacrifices, uh, move out of your comfort zone and push yourself to take some risks. I mean, if you don't do that, you actually don't find out what you can achieve. Um, And and on that, saying that, it sort of ties it back to the owner and and your mistakes and things because if you do push yourself out of your comfort zone um, and... Do uh, push yourself to take those risks you are also opening yourself up to the fact that you, you may make mistakes and I think we've all got to sort of go well that's okay it's okay to make mistakes if you're not then I don't really think you're pushing yourself and then you're not really pushing yourself to actually try and achieve some of your goals so that's something that we all sort of stick to around here as well and the last one is probably life is full of choices you can Choose to um, be negative about something, or you can choose to be positive about something, but it is your choice at the end of the day. So, you can choose to get grumpy with yourself because you're not achieving what you wanted to do, or you can choose to go, It's okay, I'm getting closer every day. I go out there and try and try, I am getting closer. So, they're pretty much the mantras rather than um, quotes that I try and run my training and coaching from.
0: And they all tie in together too, Jenny. You know, even even sort of you move from one to the other to the other, but even if you say life's full of choices, whatever choices you make, you still own it, which takes you back to the first one, doesn't it?
1: That's right. So mm-hmm. they are all tied in together. And really, if you look at those as a great big puzzle, you can just say train from the positive, don't train from the negative. Yep.
0: Yep, you know, yep.
1: we're all out there trying to do it. We're all, all out there trying to get better. Let's all be positive about it. Let's not get caught up in all the negativity.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Jenny, think about your very first memory or one of your first memories with horses. You know, maybe the first time you rode, maybe the first time you remember riding. I don't know. You tell me. Tell us about the day, the, very, the day that had happened. Yep, what happened?
1: Uh, we used to live in South Australia and, um, I don't know whether you remember that you used to be able to buy these books that had like, you know, you could get a free popcorn at, at, at the movies or you paid $50 for this book and in it was this, um, pony ride at our local riding school in Adelaide. Yep. And I, I, there's three of us in the family and I'm not sure how I won the short story on this one, but, um in that book was a, a pony ride and for some reason I was given the pony ride. Um, and I can vividly remember going out. I must
0: have been only
1: about maybe six at the time and going out and, and getting on this pony. I think the pony ride probably lasted about five minutes and I was led around and around on the end of the string. Um, and that was probably the very first start of going, actually, I, I quite like this. Um and we went on to there, my mother really got into riding. Um, she didn't get her first horse until she was 40. Um, but it was, again, it was a bit of a goal for her. And my brother and sister continued on riding. Um, and they rode at a riding school in Milo in South Australia called Nanto. Um, but at that time, I was actually a gymnast. So I every now and then but certainly wasn't the keen one in the family I mean in fact I think my brother and sister were probably more talented than I was but they didn't go ahead with their riding and
0: I stuck it out it's yeah it's funny isn't it and and just that little bit of a ticket you know where you've got the free pony ride got it all started Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure she's not really happy she went and bought that booklet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. Now, Jenny, just going on then from that, you were a gymnast for a little while first and then came back to horses. What made you come back to horses?
1: Well, I I did ride a little bit while I was still doing my gymnastics. Uh, I'm probably one of those people that gets very focused on what they're doing. Yep. And I was a state gymnast um which meant a lot of hours a lot of training um but I would sneak off and and uh ride when I could Mm -hmm. um my mother was involved with the riding for the disabled in Adelaide and she would often let us have a day off school to go and help out um and I'd always sneak a ride in at the same time
0: so
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much that's that's how it went it wasn't until we moved here to Melbourne um and as part of the deal to my father, my mother and I said, well, if we move to Melbourne, we have to have a horse. Okay. Yep. Yep. But I
0: think that's, that's a
1: fair
0: that's how deal. It's, uh, yep. yeah Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: That one horse turned into us um, ending up purchasing a property and he even ended up with his own horse. So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's good, isn't it? Yeah. And then going on and, and becoming a coach and riding at a higher level and, you know, things like that, What you know, what led that on? Was it just progression from one thing just kept, you know, you're a bit goal-orientated, I'll just set another goal, I'll push myself out of my comfort zone? How did that work? I think I was just
1: very, very lucky with the opportunities that came my way, yeah. I, uh, which I just grabbed. Um, I was very lucky with the horses that came my way. And I was very, very lucky with the instructors that I've had over the years.
0: Yeah.
1: I typically was in pony club and in those days we were instructed by um, a a lady called June James um, who was a little bit of a sergeant major but, boy, she taught you discipline. Um, And,
0: uh, yeah, I think I was just incredibly lucky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Jenny... To get started in the horse industry, and there's quite a few different career paths and different roles that people can have in the horse industry, but if people are going to be working with horses themselves, what sort of core skills or character traits do you think they need to get started within that horse industry?
1: I think that they really need a sense of humour. Yes. Things go wrong and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. You are working with Living, breathing creatures that got their own mind. Mm-hmm. I also think that you need to be a, a very honest person, and and when I say that, that's not as in terms of not wanting to steal something, but I think you need to be honest to yourself, honest to the people that you're working with, and and honest to the horses that you're working with. Um, I find that's a really big need or trait that you need if you're working with horses. Okay, and of course dedication. It's a lot of
0: hours. It's a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry... 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. What do you think is the best thing about working in the horse industry, helping people, coaching, riding?
1: Oh, I love seeing them achieve what they've set out to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like watching the relationship develop between the horse and the rider. Um, we do create goals here um we usually, hopefully, we have an end goal. But to get there, there's lots of small ones in between. And it can be a very simple goal. Um, I just find that so rewarding, watching people develop, developers' riders, developers' people, developing confidence.
0: So, Jenny, to help you train your own horse to Grand Prix, mm-hmm. has there been someone that's been influential? You've talked about your parents and, and how they fit it in. But anyone else that you think has helped, influence you, helped you in your career? I think I've had two. I've had
1: two people who've made an enormous impact on me. Probably the first person was a woman called Veronique Boulanger. She was. I had lessons and coached with her um, in my early twenties, which of course was only yesterday. <laughs> um, and um, she had a, a wonderful insight into horses in terms of seeing them as individuals and seeing them. As a whole, um, rather than uh, doing the movements, she was very much in developing the horse physically. Yes. So it was able to to do what you wanted it to do. Um, And she also just was a coach more than an instructor um, and really looked at you too as a rider and as a person and how you were coping. So she had enormous influence, certainly in the earlier days. Mm-hmm. So another person who's had a huge influence on me at the moment is David Shoebridge and he is actually my present coach at the moment. Um, and he, he took me on with the horse that I've got at the moment, Archie, probably at a time where we were at a bit of a crossroad and he has coached me in such a positive manner that um, he's managed to get us over a few of the speed humps that we had in front of us. Um, and he really is responsible for the fact that 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 horse now is competing at Grand Prix. So he has a huge influence
0: on me. Good. Is Archie the horse that you think has influenced you the most in your career? You've had him as a young horse, haven't you?
1: I did. I got him straight from the breakers. Okay. Ah, Look, I I think all my horses have influenced me in in one way or another. I, I mean, every single one that... That I've had has taught me something. Um, he certainly, you know, I have trained him from the beginning to the end. I've had other horses that have done Grand Prix movements but never actually competed at Grand Prix. That that I've trained from the beginning. I think they've all influenced me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I did have one of the horses that's really influenced me was a little Arab stallion that um, I took on when I was eighteen years old, and. When I took him on he was he was an R S P C A case. So he had a little bit of a habit of standing up and flipping over backwards so he'd broken a few people's pelvises. Um, and the owners had sort of thrown him out into a paddock with a group of mares and he'd been beaten up. So being the righteous eighteen year old that I was, I took off with the car and the float and I loaded him up and
0: I brought him home. Did you tell the owners? Like did you, you negotiate oh, yes. yeah. They they did allow me to take him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, okay. I did just steal him
1: from them. <laughs> um, I was actually taking on one of their horses to event at the time as I was eventing at the, in those days. Yes. Um, and they were I think they were quite happy to sort of hand the problem over to somebody else. Um, and it was probably six months of just retraining and really working with him. And he went on and he I showed him at Royal Melbourne. I evented him. I did dressage on him. We did side saddle, we broke into harness. Um, he just really opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, if you can just hang in there and just keep chipping away at it, look what you can create. So I was, he, he really drove that home to me at quite a young age. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. Isn't mm. it? Yeah. What do you think has been your proudest moment with horses?
1: Oh, it's got to be taking Archie out the Grand Prix. Center line. Not that long ago, probably okay. about ten months ago, mm-hmm. that was sort of like I when I took him on. My goal at the time was I thought if I could complete a small tour, I would be very happy. Um, and to actually go up that center line in a Grand Prix test, uh, once I did that first hold, I could have just done a U-turn
0: and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now thinking, and I know you've had some problems with him, you know, you might want to talk about that, but what do you think was the biggest challenge on the way to getting him up that centre line? Was it problems with him or just problems in general? What do you think was your biggest challenge?
1: I think be, uh, he did he, he just sort of run and buck. Okay. Um, and that obviously, you know, that's fairly confronting. Mm-hmm. Um. And due to that, I think that I would ride him very much in the safety zone, um, which meant that as we got into the higher movements and I needed more energy and more forward, and more throughness, I was I had trained him in the safety zone, um, and so we really had to work at trying to get us both to deal with the extra energy that we needed that was in there. Um, to, to do the higher movements. And I think that was the biggest stumbling block along the way. Okay. Um, and that's confidence. That's confidence. Confidence in him, him having confidence in me, um, and both of us having confidence in our coach.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's where you yeah. went to your current coach, wasn't it? that um, David Shoebridge?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, we really, yeah, we, we probably got to medium and, and those problems raised their heads and and we hit a wall. And it was very hard to to go on, and it would have been very easy for me to back down and go, oh, he's no good, or he's temperamentally not right, or I'm no good. But um, I really like the, I really like him, <laughs> mm, mm. and so I thought, no, I'm going to bite this bullet. I'm going to push our way through here, there's got to be an answer somewhere. So yes. we did, and we were lucky enough to come across David at that point. So mm. yeah, okay. we were lucky. Good. Good.
0: What would you say to someone if they had, you know, if you saw someone training within that safety zone, you know, what would you say to them if they came to you for lessons and they were training within the safety zone because they didn't want to push the horse that bit more, didn't want to get that extra energy? What would you say as a coach? I probably,
1: you know, you can't come out of there and and, and just sort of leap out of that spot. Yeah. Um, I think if you do that, you're going to rattle your own confidence. You're going to rattle your own horse's confidence. I think it's something that you've got to come out on gradually, um, so that it all stays comfortable for both the horse and the rider. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last thing you want to do is rattle anyone's confidence. On um, saying that, you know, some people's comfort comfort zone is is flying around the arena at a thousand kilometers an hour. Yeah. And, so, it's not always about the forward, it's just perhaps not doing something that you've always done, which has always been your default. So, whether it be your default is to kick a horse madly forward when it does something wrong, which adds to the tension, or to lean forward and grab its teeth because you're worried that something's going to happen, um, they're sort of comfort zones. Yeah. So, it's not just about the energy factor. Um, and, and that's challenging you.
0: That's challenging you
1: as a writer. That's challenging you as a person.
0: Yeah. Going back to some of your mantras, you know, you're talking about um, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, it's come up again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah absolutely. As you can see, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my things is because <laughs> i
0: comfortable, I think, oh, I've got to change it. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, now thinking about the riders and the coaches and that that you've got, you know, training, just training normally to Grand Prix, you know, without having a challenging horse like Archie, what do you think is another common problem, common challenge that people have on their way to Grand Prix? Probably, and again,
1: I'm throwing back to one of my mantras, which is owning it. Yep. Like I think a lot of people get scared of making mistakes and I can tell you with every horse I've had, my list of mistakes is very, very, very long. Um, but you, you can't you can't not do something because you're scared to get it wrong. I mean, getting it wrong is part of the learning process. You um, just got to be big enough to go, okay, well that's not good enough, and I need to make it better. And that's you know what your coach is for. You go back to them and you go, look, um, I'm getting fours for my can't appear pirouette and it's not good enough, what am I doing wrong? And then you've got to take it on, you've got to take it home, you've got to work at it, and you won't get it right straight away. You've just got to be prepared to keep working at it and just own what's happening for you.
0: Yep, yep, yep. All right. Now, Jenny, have you got a book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners, something that's going to help them complement their training? Well, I'm not
1: really good on the technical books. I do refer to technical books if I feel I want to check up on something. But I do find with the technical books, it's not necessarily perhaps the way I would look at it or what my horse needs at that time. I'm saying that. I'm certainly not saying they're not useful. Um, I like books that are more about the horse itself. Yes. Um, And I think that throws me back to my initial training with Ronnie. Um, where I like to see the horse as an entire thing. So I like books like, I don't know, The Book of Allegro, um, the one that yes. Mary Hannah wrote, The Long Reign, yeah. um, I think we the Greens done some, where they're actually they're talking about their training, they're talking about what they've done. It's in there, but it's all tied in with this particular horse and its particular characteristics. So they're the sort of books I like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what are you looking forward to at the moment? What does your future hold? Uh, I,
1: have, I have a new young horse well, that I'm going to say more started. more Grand
0: Prix tests. Yeah. Oh, you've got a young oh, horse so that you're hope, ready to bring on. Yeah, hopefully, good.
1: and hopefully they'll be getting better. Yes. Um, yes, we have a new young horse. hey four. Um, He had his first outing about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm just, I'm strapping in for the next ride. And then the whole, he's a completely different horse than probably what I've trained before. Um, So I've got a whole new lot of things I have to learn with riding him. So, yeah, that's the next step.
0: That's good, good. Jenny, just in a few sentences now, and I know you've summed up, you know, you've done your mantras, which you've sort of gone and repeated through, just, Summarise your philosophy with horses into a message would be great. Mm. I think it really goes back to
1: you've got to train from the positive. Mm -hmm. Don't you can't you can't train from the negative. Whether you're being a student, whether you're being a coach, whether you're being a trainer, whether you're being a competitor, you can't. It's so easy you get. You get your dressage tests and you can look at them and you can go, oh, that's so negative. But what you've got to remember is those judges are telling you why you haven't got a 10. They're not telling you you're no good. They're just saying these are the bits that you need to work on. So you can take that and say, oh, I'm hopeless. Look at that, I got 40%. But what you've got to do is take that and go, these are the areas that I need to work on and I will take one of those and I will start to work on that. And then automatically you're training from a positive viewpoint. It's it's the same with my horse always shies there. So I mean you're coming in there and you're negative about it. You're going, he's always going to shy there. You can go in and go, okay, he's pushing against my inside leg there. That's what I need to make better so therefore he, hopefully, won't shy. So straight away you're training from a positive viewpoint, not a negative.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I like to try and think of everything that way. <laughs> good, good. Jenny, how's the best way for people to contact you?
1: Probably I am a NCAS coach, so my phone number is on the EV website or you can reach me through Facebook or social media and... Um, And just under my own name.
0: Okay. We'll have all those links as well on your page at Horse Chats, which will be horsechats.com slash Jenny Bray, or go to horsechats.com, search for Jenny or search for Bray, and you'll find all those details and, and the links going straight through to contact Jenny. Okay, Jenny, thank you for coming. Thank you for your time. Thank you for talking to us and telling us from your mantras right through to your philosophy with horses. I've certainly enjoyed it, you know, and I think you've sort of, everyone brings in their different viewpoints. So it's been really good talking to you and hopefully we'll get you back again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Glenys. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Okay, bye bye.
0: If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe.